Welcome to the Stony Brook Crossroads Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Doyle DeGraw. For more information about this podcast, our community, and other resources, please visit CrossroadsChurchSB.com. Good morning, everybody. Sound check. Can everybody hear me? Excellent. Great. Someone once said, success is never final. Failure is never fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Winston Churchill said that. Winston Churchill was British Prime Minister twice, 1940 to 1945, and again from 1951 to 1955. He was also the first person to become an honorary citizen of the United States. It is the courage to continue that counts. Do you have a little courage amidst your failures? I surely hope so before I finish today. The Word of God definitely has something to say about successes and failures And I'd like you to hear, I'm going to read Matthew 26, 69 to 75. I'd like you to just listen to this. It's purposely not put on the screen. I'd like you to just either close your eyes or just open your eyes and listen while I read. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter, Peter denied Jesus by saying, I don't know what you were talking about to the people. We're talking Peter, Peter. I don't know what you were talking about. But it didn't stop there. Then he denied it with an oath. I don't know the man. Wow. It's one thing to say, I don't know what you're talking about, and then to say, I don't know the man? I don't know the man. It didn't stop there. It continued. Then he called down curses on himself and swore. 
I don't know the man. Then the rooster crowed twice, and Peter remembered the words of Jesus. And he went outside and wept bitterly. See, I'm not here to talk about the roosters. I could talk about when roosters crowed 12 midnight before, you know, there was all this timing back then. But I want to mention that it says here that he went, Peter went outside and wept bitterly. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever wept bitterly from something that you had done, that you knew you messed up? That you wept bitterly? Forget bitterly, just wept. Have you wept? (laughs) It says here, Peter felt agony. He felt agony for what he had done. Have you agonized? Have we, because I'm including myself, have we agonized over something that we had done? Let me put it in perspective. It's like Friday night we had a gathering here, right? A lot of people, it was a great, it was a good time. We, we gathered, we worshiped, we prayed, we, did a, we had a wonderful, wonderful time. And it would be like if I was someplace else and someone said to me, hey, Brian, I saw you at Crossroads Church. I saw you praying with all those people. And there were other people then. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he said, no, I saw you with Pastor Doyle. And then I said, I don't know the man. (laughs) And then someone else says, no, 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 really, I saw you. I have my friends here. You were with the church crowd there. You were with Pastor, I saw you. And then I vehemently declared, I don't know the man. I don't know Pastor Doyle. And then I felt a sense of shame And then I felt a sense of, oh boy, what am I going to do? And I began weeping. Going back to Peter, was this the end of the, Peter? No. Was this the end of the mission of the church? No. Was this the end of the church? No. This was not the end of Peter, this was not the end of the mission, and this was not the end of the church. And the first time ever I began reading about Peter and I began reading this scripture, I saw a double Peter. A freaking out Peter, such as he had done here, and then a fearless Peter, an overconfident Peter, and you may go, well, what do you mean? What do you mean a double Peter? I don't get it. He denied Jesus Christ three times. That's the freaking out Peter. Why are you talking about a fearless Peter, an overconfident Peter? Well, because in Matthew 16, 16, Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? And what does Peter say? You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Peter, the same person who denied him, said earlier, you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. On you, Peter, I will build my church. 
Now, some people may say, well, was Jesus, like, did he not know? Was, did he not know what he was getting into? You know, <laughs> like, he obviously knew Peter was going to do it. Like, why did he say that? Jesus knew for well what he was getting into when he said, this is Peter, you're the rock on which I will build my church. Peter said, you are this Christ, the son of the living God. And then later he's saying, I don't know the man. Twice, I don't know the man. There's this double Peter that I think everyone in this sanctuary we can identify with. It may not be so blunt in our lives. It may not be audio, but I'm sure we can identify with this double Peter. The freaking out Peter versus the fearless Peter or the overconfident <coughs> Peter. But it's not just during biblical times that people failed and messed up. I'd like to read a short biography of Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, you all know who, who he is, wise, right? I'd like to read a short biography about who Abraham Lincoln was. Abraham Lincoln, difficult childhood. Abraham Lincoln, less than one year of formal schooling. Failed in business in 1831. Defeated for legislature in 1832. Again failed in business in 1833. Elected to the legislature in 1834. Abraham Lincoln's, <clears throat> Abraham Lincoln's fiance died in 1835. Abraham Lincoln was defeated for speaker in 1838. He was defeated for elector in 1840. Married, wife was a burden in 1842. Abraham Lincoln, only one of four sons lived past the age of 18. One. I have four daughters. I can't imagine only one of my daughters living past the age of 18. Abraham Lincoln was defeated for Congress in 1843. Elected to Congress in 1846. Defeated for Congress in 1848. Defeated for Senate in 1855. Defeated for Vice President in 1856. Defeated for Senate in 1858. And in 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected for President of the United States. How's your life? All that defeat, all that failure. Someone might say, well, why didn't he just give up? Why didn't he just say, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm done. He didn't. He kept going. He kept going. And in 1860, he became the president of the United States. Again, I'll ask, how's your life? How's my life? Successful failures. In our life, there will be times when we fail miserably. Now, if you haven't failed in your life since, since you were born, 
Well, let me know the secret <laughs> in anything. I'm sure we can all testify to the fact that we failed in something. But it's not the end. Failure isn't the end. Perhaps you failed in school. Perhaps it was a test you took in school. Perhaps it was in college. Maybe it was an essay or something or an interview or something. You had to give an oral report or something like that, and you failed. Perhaps it's with relationships, your marriage, you failed. Family or job. A good friend of mine right now was waiting for a job. He's been out of work for eight months. He got let go. He's tried and tried, and he says, Brian, I failed, and I failed, and I failed, and he's waiting right now. He just texted me yesterday. Huge job, and he's waiting, and I'm praying with him. He's very, very concerned, and I'm offering him words of encouragement. Our jobs, perhaps our faith, we failed. Perhaps those around us, there was someone uh, whose name I won't mention on Friday night. They were concerned about a family member who had kind of strayed away their faith, kind of like they went away from the church. Perhaps even in the church or the ministry, there are failures that we have, there are failures that we experience, but it's not the end. There is hope and there is grace that God gives to each and every one of us. I'm going to bring up a few, I'm, I'm going to bring up a, a, a true story of myself. When I was in high school up in Goffstown, New Hampshire, you know, I'm not from Long Island, from New Hampshire, born and raised. And there was a lot of problems at my home. My parents were alcoholics. My father, there was a, just a lot of stuff going on at home. And I started drinking. 16, 17, I just started drinking. So one day I decided to drink a bottle of whiskey and a six-pack of beer before a school dance on a Friday night. So I went to the school dance, and they, you know, they, they, you didn't have cell phone, you know, just, how you doing? Fine, come on in, I'm dancing. Well, my stomach was all, because you know you're eating too, they have food, they have this, and I'm eating, and all of a sudden I threw up everywhere on the floor. And so they came, police officers came, sat me down. They called my parents, and they had me, they, 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 my parents picked me up. So I thought it was over. So Monday morning, over the loudspeaker from the principal's office, Mr. Chase, Mr. Brian Chase, would you please report to the principal's office? Oh. How many of you, I won't even ask. I'm, I don't know if your name has ever been called. <laughs> to the principal's office. It is, if you, if you have, I'm sure you don't even want to remember that time. It was scary, and you were like shaking. And he sat me down, and he says, Mr. Chase, do you know why you're here? I said, yes, sir. He said, do you know what's going to happen? I go, no, sir. He said, well, I'd like to explain to you. You'll be suspended from school for one week. And no track, no cross country. You, you have to stop everything. You cannot help anybody, your teammates or anything. You're done. 
you have to stay home. So I was suspended from school for one week. Well, my track coach, Mr. Benz, was not happy about that. He wasn't happy at that, about that at all because I cost them points because I ran the 1,600 meter, the third 200 meter, the triple jump, and the long jump. And I cost my team points and embarrassment for the whole track team and everybody. And after that week, when I got back, I went right to my track and field coach, Mr. Benz. And I went right into his office, and boy, he was screaming at me, screaming at me. He was, he was not happy. I says, Mr. Benz, I promise you right now today, I will never, ever drink again, ever. I will never do it again, ever. For whatever reason, I will never drink again, and I never did. I never did. I never, in 35, I never did. And later, years later when I talked to him, I said, I never did. <laughs> I never did. That was a failure. That was embarrassment at a school dance, vomiting. Every, I mean, I was totally embarrassed. Everyone was talking about it. We didn't have Facebook back then. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have anything. But the gossip, the rumors went around. I can't believe Brian Chase, you know. Did this and did that. I felt shame. But I was successful. That may have been a failure, but I was successful because I learned from my mistake. I learned. I learned, like Peter. Peter, Peter knew. He felt agony, anguish, wept. I wept, sure. I wept. There's a quote. Failure is success in progress. Failure is success in progress. Albert Einstein said this. Failure is success in progress. You may have heard that failure is not an option. I've heard that. Failure is not an option. But I heard a sermon one time from uh, Craig Rochelle, pastor of Life Church, and he says, failure is a necessity. Failure is a necessity. That was really the first time. I really heard it like that. Yes, a failure doesn't mean total failure. You have worth. We have worth. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if it's a math test, science test. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's you have worth. Failure is a necessity. John Maxwell points out that most successful people begin as failures. In 1902, the poetry editor of the Atlantic Monthly sent the sheaf of poems back to a 28-year-old poet with this cure note. Our mag magazine has no room for your vigorous verse. The poet was Robert Frost. John Maxwell also points out in his book, Your Attitude, Key to Success, the rhetoric teacher at Harrow School of England wrote this on 16-year-old Winston Churchill's report card. A cons conspicuous lack of success. Winston Churchill's report card. A conspicuous lack of success. Have you ever experienced failure in your life? I have. I can tell you the last six years, 10 years, I've experienced failure in my life. 
and I wept like Peter. I'm almost certain some of you, perhaps all, some of you have at some point in your lives. But are you seeking the Lord amidst your failures? Because, you know, we have memory, right? We remember those failures. And sometimes they come back, and they come back, and they haunt us. And, and I failed this. I did this five years ago. This is what I did. Oh, you know. You may say, what? You're afraid to get up after your failures? You're confused? Well, remember what Easter, right? There was confusion after the, cruci- uh, after the crucifixion. There was confusion. Confusion. What's, what's going on? All this confusion. And I'm sure Peter was confused too. He was very, very confused when they had asked him, hey, I saw you. Hey, you know him. He was confused. He was, in his mind, in his heart, he was extremely confused. I can remember um, about 10 years ago, I had um, the opportunity of bringing teams in from all over the United States to Metro New York. And then one summer, I had 13 teams, 13 projects I was involved with during the entire summer. I was wiped by Labor Day. And there was this one church here um, that was going to be um, that was going to be a local church in, from Metro New York that was going to be doing the project. So they were going to be raising funds and they were going to be doing the project. So I get a call on a Friday night, and it says, "You know, Brian, you 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 need to you need to come." I go, "What's wrong, Mike?" What's wrong, Steve? He says, you got, you got to come. We're confused. We feel like we failed. I go, whoa. I, can't, I'm, I sped there to, I sped to New Jersey. And they were all sitting in a room. And they were like, we don't know what we're going to do. I said, okay, let's get back to bed. What's the problem? We don't have enough money for all the windows all the project that we were going to be involved with, we had to raise so much money. We don't have 15000 20000 We don't have the money. I said, well, how short are you? 15000 <laughs> They were like, we're, we're, we're big time short. I said, okay. So we were there brainstorming. We were like, okay, what are we going to do? The confusion. The confusion. They were thinking we're failures. We didn't know what we were going to do. We want to be successful. What are we going to do? And then we were collaborating together and praying together. And he said, wait a minute. Why don't we try to sell windows from the pulpit? Why don't we ask during announcement time if families wouldn't mind maybe buying a window and contributing towards one window? And then we could raise the money. Okay, 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 okay. They did it the following Sunday. So the following Sunday, I got a call. Yeah, Brian, Pastor Brian, I have some uh, good news. I go, what's that? He said, you'll never believe what happened. I go, what? He says, we made the announcement that we were going to put this out to everybody, that we needed people to buy windows so that we could raise enough money to go on this project. He says, after we made that announcement the following week, two girls, two 
little girls came up to the front, emptied their piggy banks. They emptied their piggy banks. Two girls. Not a banker, not a professor, not a custodian, not a white collar worker, not a blue collar worker. Two little girls came up and emptied their piggy bank. No more candy, no dolls. Everything was wiped out. Everybody was perplexed. The congregation was shaken. Well, after that, people were intimidated. (laughs) All of a sudden, people started. Well, if two little girls can do it, I can do it. And all of a sudden, we raised the money. We're going on the project. Praise the Lord. They were so low. They were so, they were ready to give up. Yes, I went there. I encouraged them. That was a big part of it, but two little girls. God used two little girls. Not even the pastor. (laughs) Pastor of the church didn't even step up. It was two girls. And they did the project, and it was successful. And after the one-week project, they had a video, and they did a wonderful job. And they were so happy that they did not give up. They thought they were failures. Perhaps, yes, okay, they didn't raise enough money. Perhaps, just perhaps. But then they turned it around. They turned it around, and they believed. They were fearful. They didn't know what was going to happen because they had all these expectations. The local church that was going to receive them to do the project, they had all these expectations. This church is going to come. They're going to do this, 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 this. And all of a sudden, there's rumors about them, possibly the work project team not coming. And they came and they did a wonderful job. There's a scripture, 34.4. Psalm 34.4 that says this. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Can we say that together? I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. All my fears. I can't tell you how fearful that group was in that when I walked in, you could feel fear, a sense of failure. You could feel it. And God changed it around like that. Are we seeking the Lord? If we seek the Lord, he'll answer. And he will deliver us from only a few of our fears. Is that what it says? Does it say only a few? It says all, right? All. All of our fears. Let's have courage amidst our failures. I like the movie Rocky. Anybody watch the movie Rocky? Yeah, hey, all right. We have Rocky fans here. I've watched them all a number of times. Love it. Can watch it. Yvonne and I, we sat down at a Rocky marathon, and we watched them all, and she, she loved it. She was great. We had popcorn. We had... <laughs> Everything, yeah, you're number five. <laughs> hey, that's not a total failure, by the way. Okay, Rocky Five, a lot of people will say that. But in this, in this, before that fight, before Rocky and Apollo went at it, 
he said something back at his home after he got he said something to Adrian he said all all I want to do is go the distance I want to go the distance I want to go the distance And we're in this race. Everybody in this sanctuary and for those people who are listening online, we're all in this race. It's called the race of faith. We need to go the distance. Peter went the distance. Sure, he had failure. A lot of some of my friends who are not Christian, they go, ah, right there. He said Jesus was the Christ and then he denied him. You have a flaw in Christianity right here. It's called being human. Jesus knew very well what he was doing when he said, on this rock I will build my church. Yes. With flaws and all, with successes and failures and successes and failures, Christ will build this church. Amen? He will, that's, that's life. Rocky said, all I want to do is go the distance. And that is my hope for all of us this morning. That we could go the distance. We keep the faith. That's what I'm saying. Keep the faith. Not just, okay, you're baptized, you go to church, you give, you this, you come back, you doubt, you whatever. It's keeping the faith. And saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Okay, you mess up. Whoop-de-doo. We all mess up. You have doubts. Okay, welcome. They're adults. They're adults. People have had doubts in the Bible. You look at all. The biblical characters, they've had doubts in their life. They questioned. Kept the faith. They kept going the distance. And that is, I believe, the message that we need to hear this morning is that we want to go the distance. While it may be difficult, it's very, very simple. Stephanie, could you show us the next one, please? Professor Hiromu Shizumu. As many of you know, I went to seminary. I did part of my high school in Japan. I also did my graduate work in seminary there. And I had a, a good fr- professor friend of mine, Professor Hiromu Shizumu. And he wrote, he wrote this book. He translated this book from Japanese to English. Phenomenal. English literature, he could, he could, he could do it all. And he says, Brian, I'd like to tell you a story. I'm in his office, Tokyo Christian University. I'm in his office. And he said, I'd like to tell you a story, and I'd like you to remember this for the rest of your life. I said, what's that? He says, my daughter-in-law, my, my daughter married an American man. So they got married. They had a child. They came to Japan, and my daughter and everybody went out for dinner, and I had to watch my grandchild, for like three hours. Little, <laughs> very, very little. And one day, at that time, my grandchild says in English a word, but I didn't know it. The word is omutsu, okay? Said the English word for omutsu. He didn't know what the word was. He's walking around thinking, I don't know what this little child is saying to me, okay? The word 
his grandchild was saying to him was, diaper. 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 He said to me, Brian, I'm a university professor. Okay? Well-renowned. University professor. Translated books. All the words, difficult, complex sentences. And he says, Brian, I didn't know a base, the basic word of diaper. <laughs> he said, I was like floored, he said. And he says, Brian, what I want to say to you is, don't forget the basics. Don't forget the basics, because you can get so wrapped up in all these other things. And he tied it into faith. He says, Brian, whatever you do, don't forget your faith in Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. You cannot forget that that is ultimate, your faith in Jesus Christ and your salvation. And I'll never forget that. He says, remember that for the rest of your life. He since passed, he passed I think five years later of cancer I believe. But I'll never forget that story. True story. You see, Peter's denials were real. Peter's tears were real. But God was real too. God is real, amen? Our denials, our shortcomings, our failures may be real. Peter's tears, our tears may be real. But our God is real too. There's a devotional I'm going through. It's called 100 Days to Brave. It's a wonderful, wonderful devotional. And in it, and I shared a little bit with my group on Friday night. And there's a quote in it. It says, it's another quote. It says, God has not forgotten you. Your life and your dreams are important to God. God has not forgotten you. Your life and your dreams are important to God. My message this morning isn't just about us in this sanctuary. It could be about a dearly beloved one, a friend or relative, and you don't know what to do. Perhaps they've, they've moved far from the faith. Perhaps they don't go to church anymore. But I'm here to say that God has not forgotten them. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten us. And that their life and dreams, your life and dreams, my life and dreams are important to God. Amen? They're important to God. This includes your successes as well as your failures. And there's one other quote in it, and it says this, the daily steps of courage lead to a bigger story. The daily steps of courage lead to a bigger story. We have our daily steps of courage that we take every day in our lives. 
we may be successful at this, successful at that, successful at this, and then we fail, and then we bomb. We don't do so good. And by the way, I'm not talking about big things. It could be small. You could, you could, you maybe choose someone out. Maybe you love, oh yeah, we need to love everybody. And then maybe you chewed someone out when you shouldn't have. Or you used not nice words <laughs> to someone. And you said, oh, why did I say that? I should, why did I say that? I, why did I open my mouth? It's not what you say, but how you say it sometimes, right? There's a story about a step of courage I'd like to share with you, and this is my last story. It's quite a few years ago, probably, I think, about 12, 13 years ago. I was the guest speaker at a youth event in New Jersey. And so after the youth event, it was late at night, we all had, it was, it was a church, we had a dinner and all that. I got on the train, it was like 10, 11 o'clock at night. I was wiped, I mean wiped. Past the door, you, you know what that's like when you're like traveling and you gotta preach. And then. So I'm on, so I walk to the train station and I'm there with my suit, my tie, I'm there. It's like 11.30 at night. And all of a sudden, this lady approaches me. I'm thinking, God, I don't need trouble. <laughs> okay, she approaches me, and she sits right down next to me, and she has a bag. And so I didn't want to be impolite. I said, good evening, ma'am. I said, good evening. And we were kind of going back and forth a little bit. And um, in short, she actually had a bag full of drugs. She wanted to sell me. So she went, did her spiel, and she was talking about the drug, you know, all that. And so she said, oh, what do you do for work? I said, I'm a pastor. <gasps> she went like that. What? She's totally shocked. Her eyes just like that. Here I am selling drugs to a pastor. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, you know what? Tonight's your lucky night. I don't know, maybe she thought I was going to buy all the drugs for her. I don't <laughs> I said, tonight's your lucky night. I said, well, what? I said, I'm going to pray for you. Oh, my train's coming. My train's coming too. We're both going to get on the train, and I'm going to pray for you in the train. We both got on the train. We sat down, and I says, please extend your hands. I'd like to pray for you. I prayed for her in front of everybody. I prayed for her and said, Lord, bless this wonderful person. We know she has a good heart. And I just prayed. I poured everything in that prayer. I poured everything into that prayer because I knew I was never going to see this person again. And then two or three stops down, she had to get off. I got up and waved at her through the window. I was crying. I was weeping and crying for this individual. She took a step of courage that day because she said, okay, pray for me. That was a step of courage on her part. It was also a step of courage on my part because she could have had a gun and she could have blown me apart. <laughs> I don't know what was going on. My point is, though that was a failure in her life and she knew it. And I prayed that God would transform that, like that, her life, so that she could 
be like Peter. Uh, Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that yet he denied Jesus Christ. You have two Peters. I don't know whatever happened to that lady, but I know God knows. And occasionally I do pray for her that she came to the Lord. I did encourage her to find a church. You see, we can be a successful failure too. And that's my message today to all of us. We, we can be successful, yes. We can be a failure, yes, but they go hand in hand. We can be a successful failure in our lives. And my hope is that you would think about this and ponder this. I know it's, it's probably lunchtime. We're all thinking about where am I going, where am I going to eat, you know. You know. <laughs> I really hope that all of us could firmly believe that we can become, and we are, successful failures in this, in this room right here. Nobody is perfect. We have the hope, we have the grace that Christ provides to each and every one of us. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter the language you speak, doesn't matter how tall, how short, it doesn't matter, whatever, that we can be a successful failure too. Just like Peter, just like this lady, just like me, we can be successful failures. And that is what the gospel message is all about. And if you grab even 1% of what this means, you will have it made me very, very happy today. Because you're never going to learn everything. You're going to never remember everything that I shared. As pastors, we preach, we can't possibly expect everybody to understand everything. But if you can understand and remember some of the stories I shared and remember that this is what the gospel message is all about. And Peter, we have Peter to thank, really. Peter, he, 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 he's the rock, yes. And, and um, I believe, I believe that we can be successful failures too. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Lord, we are very, very grateful for all that you have given to us. We're very grateful for Peter and the faith that he had, Lord. Though initially wobbly, <laughs> our faith may be wobbly or not. I just pray, God, that you may help us all to understand that even despite our shortcomings and our failures, Lord, we can be successful. We can still get back up and continue, Father, and go the distance, Lord. We can keep the faith. Lord, I pray that your hand may be upon this entire congregation. For those on the internet who are listening, for those who are in this sanctuary, Father, and even for those who aren't here, Lord, I pray that this week, Father, starting today, this afternoon, we may offer a word of encouragement to some people, Father, who may have failed in their lives a long ago or maybe recently or may have shortcomings, Father, because we are all called to build one another up, to encourage one another, as the Bible says. So I pray, God, that we may offer words of encouragement, words of building those people up, Father, so that they can also believe that they can be a successful failure, Lord. 
Oh, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the worship team and the ministry that they're doing here, Father. We thank you for Pastor Doyle and their leadership. We thank you for all those people who are coming here to church, Lord. We all need you. We need you, Lord. Lord, we need you. And we just thank you for your presence here this morning. Father, this is what the gospel message is all about. Hope and grace to those successful failures, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.